0: Yeah, I know the virus is getting out of hand, and I don't like my hand getting bitten any better than you do. So, let me take your mind off it a little bit by retelling you a true story of a night of terror that happened to me, (laughs) because when you look back on it, you might get a little chuckle. I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. (laughs) This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. After last night, it is unbelievably peaceful sitting here in the big leather poppet chair in my living room right now. Not like last night at all. Last night there was a war going on just down the hall in the bathroom over there. I called it the Battle of the Bathroom, and it started exactly at 4.18 a.m., which I know because I caught a quick glimpse of the numbers on the digital clock on the nightstand when I hit the wall. You know, for a Louis-Louis generation guy like me, I have to tell you, it was a true test of manhood. And I couldn't back down if I was ever going to coax my lady Wonderwench down from the top of her dresser. I had no choice. I was going to have to go. Mono amauso. Let me back up a little here and explain exactly what happened. I was asleep, okay? In fact, I was in the middle of a dream that, as I recall, seemed to have something to do with Catherine Zeta Jones. Not unusual for me. And I didn't even notice my Lady Wonder Wench getting out of bed and going for a potty break. But just as Catherine Zeta was smiling seductively and introducing me to her twin sister in my dream, Wonder Wench cut loose with a shriek that must have cracked windows all the way to Greg's house down the block. And without even waiting for instructions from my brain, my legs did about a quarter of a mile in 1.2 seconds. That's because I happened to be lying on my side at the time. And then in the process, somehow, one of my feet hit the floor, which, of course, caused me to run right into Mr. Wall. And that woke me up enough to realize that I had to immediately deal with the fact that Wench had either seen an asteroid the size of Asia hurtling directly towards us, or the New York Mets had blown another pennant race, or there was a mouse loose somewhere within our zip code. And I didn't have too long to think about it either because the bathroom door slammed and a pink streak flashed into the bedroom and up onto a chair. And it was pretty obvious that Ms. Wench was considering climbing up to an even safer position on top of her dresser. Now, as a Louie Louie generation guy, I've been around long enough to know that trying to calm a woman down with words while she's trying to climb up on her dresser, is not only not going to work, but it's like trying to put out a kitchen fire with a can of gasoline. So it was obviously time for action. I was going to have to go head to jaws with the mouse. Mono a mouse. Me against Mickey. And it wasn't going to be a catch and release either, because Ms. Wench was calling quite enthusiastically for a scalp. So Mickey had to go down so I quickly slipped on my slippers and I pulled on some shorts to protect my most vulnerable parts from possible retaliation on the part of the mouse. I grabbed my baseball glove from the top of the closet and I went on attack. I opened the bathroom door just a crack so that he couldn't come running out and up my leg, and there he was. He was about two inches long, probably weighed in at oh, maybe three or four ounces, and he was trying to hide behind the bathroom scale. I could see his two malevolent red eyes gleaming at me, fangs bared, tail thrashing back and forth in anticipation of the battle. My plan was to distract him by talking to him, while my baseball glove hand sneaked around behind him for the grab. And things were going well. I was bent down just a couple of feet from the snarling monster and... My baseball glove was just inches away from the catch and he jumped vertically right up in the air, a good two feet, right in my face. He was going on attack. So I I did a a quick retreat and I, I tripped over the spare toilet paper holder and I landed on my fanny. And the mouse countered by jumping behind a wicker laundry basket. So I got up and I slowly and carefully pulled the basket away from the wall and I could see him. Lurking, looking up at me. And then he started squeaking. He was issuing a challenge, I swear. He was going mouse oa And he didn't plan on losing. So obviously I wasn't going to take that, and I shoved the basket against the wall hard as I figured I'd flatten them there, but he was too fast for me. He streaked around into the open broom closet. So I started thinking, yeah, 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 thank you, Mr. Mouse. I'll just grab a broom and clock you with it. And pow, he jumped up at me again. And I tripped over the rug and I fell on my fanny again. And I could hear his squeaks. And I swear, he was laughing at me. He was laughing at me. He was looking out from behind the toilet plunger and laughing. So he was he was obviously way too fast for me to catch him or hit him. And I, I was thinking, i got to slow him down. How am I going to do that? And then I saw a can of hairspray in the closet. And I remember thinking when I was watching King Kong... If only the guys had had a can of hairspray, they could spray it on that fur, and that would slow down even King Kong. So there I was, Mano Amauso, armed with a baseball glove in one hand and a can of hairspray in the other. And looking back on it, that is a weird picture, i got to admit. But anyway, he was back behind the scale again, and I I cut loose a spritz of spray, and I got him. I saw him kind of blink... And he jumped, again, right over me, and he disappeared, I swear. He just disappeared. He was Mickey Mouse with Michael Jordan moves. I looked everywhere, and I couldn't find him. I even looked in the medicine cabinet. He was gone. But I knew he was too much of a battler to just give up. I knew he'd be back. So, this morning, I went to the hardware store to acquire some weapons of mouse destruction. You know, it used to be you could get those little wooden mouse traps or some mouse poison if you prefer. But I guess mouse terrorism must be on the rise around here because the weapons of mouse destruction shelves at the hardware store are now crammed with what you can only call 21st century technology. There are traps that look like little dollhouses. And you lure the mouse in there one way or another, probably a smear of peanut butter or a slice of cheese or, I don't know, maybe a, a 3D picture of some seductively posed mini-mouse. Anyway, he goes in there, and an electric charge does him in as he passes the doorway. Battery's not included. Lots of the traps are designed so that you don't have to actually see the poor little guy. You just throw out the whole trap while he's in there. Not very sportsmanlike. <laughs> But anyway, I got some mouse poison and a couple of traps, and I put them around the house. And sure enough, right after lunch, went down to the computer room, and there he was, motionless, sprawled out on the carpet, dead. And I guess I should have felt victorious, but I couldn't help but think about the contrast here. He's about three ounces by three inches. I'm about 5'10 and 180 pounds. And he battled me to at least a draw. I couldn't beat him when it was just mano a mouseo. I had to bring in a kind of a cowardly weapon of mouse destruction to do the job. So I, I picked him up, you know, and I, I couldn't help but kind of admire the little guy. He had guts. I had poison. He was jumping ten times his body size. I was falling on my fanny. He was squeaky laughing and and i was saying very naughty words furthermore he was by far the best groomed dead mouse i ever saw with all that hairspray i know i didn't have much choice if i was going to pry my lady wonder wench off the dresser i had to go mano a mouse. but i kept thinking about when i was a kid you know how much fun i had with hickory dickory dock the mouse ran up the clock and how I always used to tell our kids about Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And a long time ago, when television sets had rabbit ears, they also had those little mouse ears that Annette Funicello used to wear on her head. And everybody sang, I see, see you again tomorrow, K-E-Y. Why? Because we like you. M-O-U-S-E. So, good night, Mr. Mouse. You did good. You didn't beat me, but I really didn't beat you either. Your mama'd be proud of you. I'm proud of you. You did good. Dix Details a bunch of totally unimportant but fascinating things to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important things that are keeping you awake out the other ear and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. Statistics say that in one day, an average typist's hands travel 12.6 miles. And I was thinking about that. And it, you know, it seems to me to be a real shame to waste all of that fingernail power on computer keys when there are so many people with backs that need so much scratching, you know, including mine. Here's another one. People laugh least in the first hour that they're awake in the morning. That's what scientists said. People laugh least in the first hour. Well, come on, guys. What is this? Getting up and going to work is some kind of a real laugher? What do you think? <laughs> if you pour leftover cola into your toilet, it'll give it a nice shine besides which i'm sure the alligators that live down there are kind of thirsty and they'd appreciate it dick's details they take your mind off your mind and i keep telling you about louis louis generation people for whom that song is a big part of our background music of our lives and louis louis has been around for a little while you know it's not exactly a pick to click but I think the point that we are members of the Louie Louie generation has at least as much to do with an attitude as it does with a particular kind of an age. Because Louie Louie guys and girls have tude, No question. And that that tude is, is one of the things that keeps us young. And here's a story from the Night Connections personal audio CD about a young guy with, I think, a pretty good Louie Louie guy attitude. It's called... A Young Guy Scores. Right now, you're just hoping that you did okay. You're a pretty tough young guy, but that doesn't mean you don't care about people, especially the young woman that you could have taken to bed right now, and you didn't. She was once your buddy's girl. You always liked her. She tried to pretend she was a tough cookie, but she was always really a very sweet lady. You started sleeping around on her, and... One night you stopped by to pick him up for a night with the guys and you found her alone and crying. She asked you straight out if he was cheating. You really didn't want to hurt her, so you just looked at her and you said, What do you think? She put her hands to her face and she lay down on the couch and started to cry. You hate to see people cry, men or women, but especially her. You never really were much for words, so you just kind of knelt down beside her on the couch and rubbed her arm gently, and then you just held her for about an hour until she stopped crying. And she sat up and she excused herself and went to the bathroom and brushed her hair. And she came back and she sat down in the chair and she said, What do you think I should do? And you gave her the best advice you could think of. Tell him you know and try to work things out or end it right away is what you said. Then you told her that you knew he was a big part of her memories and dreams. But memories are in the past, and dreams disappear when you wake up. She took your advice and tried to work things out. It actually went pretty well for a while. But then he started drinking and cheating again. She asked you over tonight to tell you that she was leaving town, and she wanted to thank you for all of your help. She's going to bring up her son by herself. And she wanted to know one more thing. She said, do our friends know about his sleeping around? You had no choice to tell her the truth. She's still trying to be tough, but it was a little too much even for her, and she threw her arms around you again and held you so tight that it hurt, and she cried. She was only wearing a nightshirt, and you knew she was as vulnerable as she will ever be, and she smelled sweet and clean and she is very soft. You held her until she stopped crying again. Then you cleaned up a couple of your favorite jokes for her and made her laugh a little. You didn't touch her. You really hope you did okay. That's a little story called The Young Guy Scores. It's from the Night Connections personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast or if you'd like a fresh copy, just go to DickSummer.com and download it from the CD baby icon. Whatever works for you. Now, before I tell you the end of the Mono Amauso story, I have a favor to ask of you. If you like this podcast and or the blog that goes with it, would you please tell a couple of friends? Ask them to pass it along. I appreciate it. So here's the end of the mouse story. Actually, the end of the mouse story is, is part of a love story. My lady Wench was watching when I picked Mickey up off the floor. And I was about to pop him into the trash. But she said, out of respect, you know, we really ought to bury him. I just love that kind of thing about Wench. Good night.